Hello? Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Cool. How are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. I do have a little bit of a cold, so if I cough or my voice sounds funny, that's why. <clears throat> I'll try not to cough, though, while you're talking. So I don't know. <laughs> it's going around right now. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. Okay. So, as our listeners can tell, this is definitely not Taya and Laura talking. <laughs> we have a special guest host today. Taya is taking some personal time off for a little bit. And in the meantime, I'm going to be doing the podcast with some guest hosts. And our guest host today is Addison. And you go by Hawaiian Blur on your social medias, correct? Yes, that is correct. So if I want to go ahead and tell people where they can find you and under the exact username, go for it. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Addison, a.k.a. Hawaiian Blur. I live stream over on YouTube. Um, you can find me at youtube.com forward slash Hawaiian Blur. Um, you can also find me on, I'm, I mostly post on TikTok, uh, like just gaming clips, and that's Hawaiian Blur as well. You just search Hawaiian Blur, you can find me there. Um, and yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I play video games and sometimes I um, review movies that I see or I'll, I'll react to movie trailers and things like that. So, Thank you so much. And you being someone who plays video games is one of the reasons that we thought about and invited you on for this podcast. Taya and I in the past have reviewed video game movies or movies based off video games. And we every single time we had to put a huge disclaimer that we had never played the games, we had no knowledge of the games, we did not know, <laughs> we were just going off the movie and nothing else. Um, so we're really excited to do an episode with someone who is familiar with the game that inspired the movie. Now we did Sonic 1, Taya and I, a while ago, so we thought we'd invite you for Sonic 2, the sequel. Which I'm very excited that you guys asked me, because this is definitely by far the the whole Sonic movie, the first movie itself was to me one of the best video game adaptation to like live action that I've seen since being alive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's been a lot that has come to fruition since I've been alive. And I would say that uh, the fact that this earned a sequel says, says a lot about it, but the, the fact that the sequel also, I think was a great movie I think I'm I'm more excited to see the third movie when whenever that comes out. So <laughs> yes, with that mid credit scene that we will get to, I love that tease for a third movie. So I, and it's, it's so I, random. Yeah, I, I about that. lost my mind when I saw that mid credit scene. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you actually know what they're referring to. Whereas me, I'm like, oh, that just looks like a cool and fun time. I probably played Sonic once when I was very little. Yeah, so I I played Sonic. Um, now I'm not like a huge like. I wouldn't say I'm a Sonic like nerd like fan per se, but like I played a lot of Sonic games, so I do know a lot of like a little like a lot of the background to like his character and the other characters that are that show up in the movie um, that aren't human. I would say um, having the human aspect is definitely something that's that makes this whole this whole thing really interesting. Although there there was a in like the early 2000s there was a a cartoon Sonic where he came to earth and interacted with humans. So that that was interesting. I remember that when I was a kid. So Oh, see I didn't even know they had any form of show or movie before this movie. I thought this was the first time we saw him outside of a video game. So that's really cool to know. Yeah, and actually, so a lot of people are really pushing. Uh, do Do you know who Jaleel White is by chance? Yes, yes, um, I do. So, yeah, so if you don't know who he is, um, he played Steve Urkel in a really big popular show in the '90s called Family Matters, and he voiced the original Sonic in the very very first animated Sonic show in like the like really early '90s. And a lot of people have really been pushing to have him just like kind of like show up as a cameo at some point. And they're everybody's kind of keeping their fingers crossed that he'll play at some point, like character in the next movie. So that is really cool. I do like Jaleel White. But yes, he is forever associated when he's on screen anyway. He still looks almost the same as when I, he was. Like yeah, no, he, he has not aged at all 
in my opinion, other than maybe growing facial hair. But <laughs> him and Paul Rudd, they're ageless. Okay, so I'm just gonna do a really quick synopsis of Sonic 2. I just kind of Googled the synopsis, and so basically we open up on a scene with Dr. Robotnik, which I just have to say, Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik is one of my favorite parts of the two movies. And he's on the mushroom planet. And he has figured out a way using technology and one of the quills from Sonic to send out a signal. Through it comes... Now, here's the thing I was going to ask you. Because before Knuckles comes through, there are some other people or creatures that come through the portal. Is Are they from the game, Sonic? Do you recognize them at all? Um, yes. Yeah. So, in, in the games, they're not... Like, I, like, you can tell that they were played by, like, humans in this, obviously, but, like, in the games, they're not humans. They're part of these different tribes that exist in their on their homeworld, and these tribes kind of, like, war, went to war against each other for um, these specific items that I'm sure you'll bring up um, through the synopsis here, but if you don't, um, we'll, we can talk about it later, but that's kind of where they come from, is there these warring tribes that were seeking the power of these items to, to uh, basically take control of the, the world that they live on. Okay, because I had seen this movie before, but I'll be honest, I had forgotten about them coming through before Knuckles. When I was watching, I'm like, oh yeah, he opens it and then Knuckles comes through and then I saw those guys and I just... Yeah, they're very, they're very forgetful because like they come in and then come out and then that's it. Like they're gone. <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering, I bet it was, I, I figured it was for people who knew the video game that they would recognize it. And it was so fast that if you didn't know the video game, you didn't mind it. And it was kind of cool to see the inventions that Dr. Robotnik had made with mushrooms to take out these people. Yeah, that that whole scene is hilarious to me. Like just like the fact that he made a ton of different things just using mushrooms is hilarious to me (laughs) (laughs) oh the mushrooms so okay here on google this is going to be a more succinct summary after settling in green hills which is in california if i remember correctly sonic is ready for more freedom tom and maddie who are the couple that took him in in the first movie donut lord and i forgot what he called her i want to say pretzel lady because she did yoga yeah i think i think you're right i I like vaguely remember that. I think I think you're right though. <laughs> so Donut Lord and Pretzel Lady agree to leave him home while they go to Hawaii for her sister's wedding. Who she was a really funny character from the first movie. Funny but frustrating. And so I was I liked what they did with her in this movie. So while they're gone, Dr. Robotnik comes back with Knuckles, who is an echidna. They are a warrior species. And they are searching for an emerald that has the power to both build and destroy civilizations. Someone named Tails, a fox with two tails, comes through to warn Sonic. They end up teaming up and they embark on a journey to find the emerald before it falls into Dr. Robotnik's hands. So that's the super brief overview of the movie and everything kind of goes off of that. So I do want to go into a little bit with Rachel's wedding. I feel so bad for her. Oh my Walter. gosh. That, just that whole scenario, like uh, from like my viewpoint, she had every right to react the way that she did. Oh, and 100%. I'm all there for it. Like that just whole, that whole scene, especially like with when she was driving the golf cart everywhere. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it was fabulous. So while Sonic is at the house and then going off to other places around the world with Tails to find the Emerald first before Robotnik and Knuckles. We also go to Hawaii with Tom and Maddie and then Rachel and who she's marrying, Randall, played by Shamar Odin. And so I shouldn't have been surprised by the reveal of who he really was because everything I've ever seen him in, he has played the same character. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was literally like when I first found out he was gonna be in the movie i was like all right you're definitely like an undercover cop or an fbi agent or something of the sort you're not who you say you are i know for a fact okay (laughs) he is typecast to a t it's so funny and yeah they 
you basically used Rachel's wedding as an opportunity to try and capture Sonic. And so she gets very upset. And there's a magnificent scene of her trying to get revenge and everything. But that's those are the two places that we're going back and forth between for the most part in the movie. And then the movie ends in Green Hills, but it, it starts in Hawaii and then they use the rings and they go to the island and then they go home. But those are the two settings. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, Tails' voice, did Tails sound like that in the video game? Um. Yes, yeah, so fun fact, they got the voice actress who plays Tails to return for this movie so she she voices tales in the game that i would I, I shouldn't say the older games but the newer games so she mm-hmm. voices tales uh originally um probably starting in like the early 2000s i want to say and so she's kind of carried on the voice throughout the years and they asked her to return as tales so that's really cool i when i was watching this in the theater with my husband i remember turning to him and i said she this character which I think Tails is a boy, but it's common for girls to voice boys in animation. Yeah. I was like, I can tell that this one is more video game-like or true to the video game than all the other voices. There's just a difference between Tails' voice. And it took a long time for me to get used to Tails' voice when I first watched it because it was so distinct and different from everyone else. Yeah, it seemed a lot more like animation type as opposed to like ben ben schwartz who plays sonic he said he sounds like a human but Mm -hmm. but sonic (laughs) exactly and then knuckles was played by idris elba who has that iconic deep voice which i really love for knuckles voice i think it fits him so well yeah i would say just from what i've seen in shows traditionally he is played by somebody who has that deep voice and mm-hmm. I think, like, the announcement of Idris Elba, like, playing Knuckles, one, got me excited, but two, hearing hearing the voice for the first time was, like, iconic. Like, you, I heard it, and I was like, that is Knuckles. Like, that is totally Knuckles. I loved him as Knuckles, and I did read a thing where he was being interviewed, and he said he was worried about sounding exactly like Heimdall from the Thor movies, but I think yeah. there's enough of a distinction. I can tell the difference between Heimdall and Knuckles. Yeah, de- definitely. I, I would say, because, like, with Heimdall, he kind of lets his a- accent kind of flow a lot more, and then with Knuckles, he just kind of, like, did a straight, deep voice that I just, I like, I can distinguish both of them for sure. Yeah, but he was worried about that. Um, he actually, at first, wanted to do a squeaky voice, which is because oh he thought it would be funny for this really big, powerful thing creature they can uh, to do a squeaky voice, and they Man. shot that down. Like we cast you, I want to see a squeaky voice. I would <laughs> love them. to see like a deleted scene or something where they may like maybe tried it once just to see what it would sound like. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be awesome. I wonder if they have behind the scenes of that because he did say he tried it and it was shot down, and he had to go back and do the deep voice. Yeah, so there, there has to be a recording out there. <laughs> Release it, release it. Okay, so I love that Sonic got a sequel and that the sequel was good because so many sequels throughout all history, it's not just today, but throughout the history of movie sequels, it seems as though if you have a really good movie the first time around, the sequel is not always so. There are so many bad sequels out there, so many sequels we don't talk about because... We don't want to acknowledge them as part of the canon. <clears throat> and I'm so happy that Sonic 2 was so good. And sorry, one second. No, you're fine. <clears throat> it was so entertaining. And I also love that with both Sonic movies, I could sit down and watch it with the kids and it's entertaining for all of us. Yeah, and so like same with me too. Like I when I first um showed the movie to my wife, because so I went to a pre-screening for it. That's how I saw it the first time. Mm. And um so when I finally got to show my wife, we were sitting down with our daughter and immediately my daughter, like, for whatever reason, she was like she was like, Who's the red one? And I was like, Oh, that's Knuckles. She's like, I like Knuckles. So <laughs> I, I thought she was gonna be Sonic, but she was straight for Knuckles and like the whole wedding scene just like vibed with my wife a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. I love that wedding scene. Let's actually talk about that because we've brought that up and it's really great. So 
at the wedding and i'm so part of me is kind of happy that it was an undercover operation because otherwise poor tom just ruined the wedding (laughs) (laughs) ruined the wedding but it was already kind of ruined and not real so sonic is in trouble tails is unconscious he's snowboarding down this mountain with a huge avalanche coming after him thanks to dr robotnik's robots and things i think the robots are still after him as well and he calls Tom in the middle of the wedding and says, you have to throw the ring and get me there. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to be a Sonic. Oh, what was the word? Snow cone. Sonic snow cone. And he realizes that during a prank earlier, he had switched the wedding ring with the magic ring that creates portals. And so he had to go up while they're doing their vows and ask for them to give him the ring. And so eventually awkward. he punches <laughs> Randall. It was so awkward. Second man embarrassment was so real during that scene because it's before you find out, of course, that it's an undercover operation. And you just, my face was probably burning red. And he punches Randall in the face, gets the ring, throws it, and then all the snow comes through and just takes down the, the not the altar, it's, the arch, I think they were standing under an arch. It takes out the chairs, uh, everything just completely demolishes it. And then you have an unconscious Tails with Sonic there. And she does not like Sonic. Rachel does. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all the groomsmen pull guns out. The priest reveals that he has a gun in his in his Bible that he was holding. <laughs> and The, course, t- the he- typical undercover scenario (laughs) yes and so rachel obviously goes on a bit of a rampage and it was so funny i am i like that it was kind of a turnaround for the character because i remember not liking her in the first movie do you remember that i do yeah no i so for me so hearing that they were adding like a human aspect to these movies i was like "Ooh, how's that gonna work like like a cartoon is a lot easier like to do that because then it like it's like more fantasy style so like when they first like when i first saw the trailers and i saw that they were gonna have sonic interacting with human people i was like how are they gonna pull this off and then in the first one they pulled it off magically because it was like there were people who loved him people who were annoyed by him because he he can be annoying he's like just all over the place and i to distinctly remember like when Rachel popped in and just kind of like would put her two cents on and everything I was just like girl you have no idea what's going on just back up and let them do what they're doing like just just stay out of the way don't get involved (laughs) yep she was very abrasive and annoying in that first movie and I'm glad that they kept her character consistent but used it to an advantage in this movie of the rampage she goes on against randall and all the other agents there yeah and you can like tell like in the first movie like they were like they toned her down a little bit and then this one they're like all right you can go loose like you they just ruined your wedding go mm-hmm. on bridezilla and just do what you gotta do <laughs> oh it was fantastic i you mentioned the golf cart my favorite part every single time because it's just like iconic in other action movies when she's in the golf cart and then she puts the brake on and spins the wheel and then steps out and she's just walking out in slow motion while the golf cart continues to spin around and then an explosion goes off behind her as she walks away yep yep (laughs) (laughs) and shamar odin's character just says what a woman (laughs) there better be a real wedding in the third one let's just right Oh my gosh, I hope so. And I don't know if I would invite, if I were her though, I do not think I would invite Tom or Sonic to the real wedding. Yeah, no, they they might want to do just like a a civil thing, like go to the court, get married and go on a honeymoon and then come back and be like, hey, we're having a reception. You can come if you want, but if you plan on ruining my reception, it's over. Like we're we're not, no contact whatsoever. (laughs) Part of me thinks it would be super funny for something like what happened at the wedding to happen at the reception. Not the fake stuff, but, you know, saving the world at stake and it happens at her reception. And her just being like, oh, come on. Like, part of me thinks that would be funny. That I think that would be that would be pretty funny because it's like one thing after the other. And then, like, 
like you would assume like oh maybe this is like a full circle thing nothing bad's gonna happen to her this time and this is gonna be where she she falls in love with tom and falls in love with sonic and then nope the the reception could be like the key area where they need to fight the bad guy or whatever what i would really love is for that to happen her to really feel it and then randall be like it's okay baby i got a backup reception hall or something yeah he's like i planned for this (laughs) i got on i got all the agents on the phone and we did a second one that would be really cute and sweet (laughs) but i still kind of want her reception room just because it would be so funny so i I think the reason we like the scene so much is because they did such a good job at bringing human elements into the sonic story and having us care about these human characters and not just sonic and i think this is a mark of a really good story when you care about the side characters just as much as you do the main characters yeah and i think that's like what they did really well because it's it's hard doing a live action video game or or any type of live action thing like out like alvin and the chipmunks that's like one of the first things that comes to my head when i think of taking animation and going to like real real life like i think that they they did that really well because you can connect with the human elements a lot so i think they did really good with like casting the people they did to portray who they're meant to portray because then it's like you know like james marsden he like he's well-rounded in acting like he can do action comedy um drama like he he's a really well-rounded actor and i think that's like something that and like just having his face in the movie itself like that attracts people to it and and then just like the story plots and the comedy i think is what just kind of like really connected and flowed really well with the movie especially like with a like sonic character because sonic is also very like comedic in like his timing and things like even in the video games like he has these little quips and things like kind of like spider-man like he'll like just like say something quippy that annoys the villain before he like fights them that makes sense because i remember before the big fight near the end he's trying to come up with a plan and he's like step one taunt step two i have no idea and he just goes (laughs) on to taunt i also one thing that I love from the first movie that I did kind of miss a little bit in the second movie was there was more interaction between Robotnik and James Morrison's character, Tom, the Donut Lord, because they their comedic timing played off of each other so well. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree to that, too, because like so like the the only the only issue I had with this movie was that I kind of wish that they included the the human characters a little bit more um because the one like the wedding although it was like sort of connected to what was going on with sonic it was it felt also very disconnected like it could have like been like its own thing sort of um Mm -hmm. so i i like had this wish that oh i wish like they kind of had kept that going a little bit more with the human characters like maybe sonic did go to the wedding for a little bit and then had to leave because tails showed up or something like that yeah, I did think it was kind of weird that they talk about Sonic throughout the movie. One of the themes is that he's still a kid. He has some learning and growing to do before he's a full-on hero. Because at the beginning of the movie, he is in Seattle. And he stops a robbery, but he stops it by causing mass chaos. Destroying an entire street. Just not People weren't exactly happy with the way that he rescued. Yeah, no. The Although he saved people and he stopped the robbery, he did some significant city damage that's going to cost a lot of money. Like, probably all the money that was in that truck. (laughs) Yeah. So it was really kind of a a wash at the end. And so that sparks off, okay, the theme, the growth for Sonic in this movie is learning responsibility, learning how to grow up a little bit. But they left him home alone with the dog for like two days to go off yeah, to Hawaii. Yeah. I actually thought it would have been fun to have him also go to Hawaii. I think part of the reason they didn't do that is because obviously he looks like an alien and not everybody knows about him and they didn't want to advertise that. But I'm surprised they didn't get someone to stay with him if they were going to leave him behind. They left him in charge of their dog who I was concerned about because he leaves the house with tails. While Knuckles and Robotnik are chasing him. And then 
Ozzy just kind of shows up at the end. There's a hole in the side of the house, and they just leave the dog there. <laughs> Does he have food? Does he have water? Like, who's taking care of the dog? Is he okay? <laughs> I mean, he shows up at the end of the movie, and he appears perfectly fine. I just, I remember, we just got a dog last, oh, it's March, so I guess two months ago. But mid to end of January and I was just so it hit it hit me more than it hit me before of like what happened to the dog? <laughs> yeah no like and like for the most part if you have a good dog they will they will hopefully most likely stay. But a lot of dogs are like there's a hole in the side of my house. Ooh there's a world out there. I'm gonna go explore it but I'll come back. Yeah, right. well, especially yeah, okay. if they're hungry or thirsty, like that poor dog might have like, been. Just that curiosity. So I was worried about Ozzy, their dog. And it and that's just one of the things that took me out for just a minute of the movie was worrying about the dog because they very clearly show the dog is there while that happens. Like, yeah. They don't take him to a pet sitter or anything. Uh, it doesn't take away from the how great the movie is. I was just worried. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where it's like if you're like a kid you're not going to think about it like cuz you're just like more focused on what's happening outside of that but as an adult you're like yo hold on a second <laughs> who's watching that dog <laughs> Exactly your mind goes to the responsibility aspects which is what Sonic needs to learn so Exactly maybe, <laughs> maybe it was on purpose So Tails shows up and I think it's funny that they they mention it a little bit. Sonic finds it a little weird that Tails has just been watching him for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a little odd. In the games it's not really like that. Like, they kind of like it's different in every game, but for the moment, it's more like Tails has been friends with Sonic and has known Sonic for a long time. There's a lot of different games where Sonic like, like in every single Sonic game, unless it's like a sequel or continuation if it's a new Sonic game. He'll have, like, amnesia or something, and Tails is, like, your sidekick who's like, hey, we've been friends for a long time. This, like, you should remember this, and I will help you remember this. Um, so they, I, it's interesting that they kind of kept that aspect a little bit, but they made it creepy by, oh, I don't know who you are. I've just been watching you this whole time. Yeah, that... <laughs> again, something that probably a little kid like with the joke and then playing it off wouldn't dwell on for too long. But for me, it was a little, it's like for me for with twilight, I didn't think it was creepy that Edward would watch Bella as she slept when I was first reading the books. And then I got a few years older and I was like, Oh my gosh, he's such a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that with Sonic. Like it's, it, it's not creepy if you're a kid. Cause you know, they laugh about it and they're friends and everything, but then you get older and you catch the dialogue that's happening and you imagine that happening to you and you're like oh my gosh you're like i would be terrified if i knew somebody has been watching me this whole time and knows my entire schedule and my life it's a little weird but i mean not knowing the history of tales and no and knowing it now they had to introduce tales in somehow and so they chose that and they wanted tales to know enough about sonic i thought it was interesting that they went that route I wonder, would you have been upset if instead of Tails knowing everything about Sonic, Tails just knew that an echidna was after the emerald, decided that he had to go to where the echidna was going to warn him and just happened to run into Sonic and they got to know each other in the movie? Like, would that have upset you as someone who knew the the past, his past from the video games? I don't think so, because I think that would have been more natural, in my opinion. But... I understand, like, they, like when they make these movies, they have no clue if they're gonna, like, the hope is they're gonna be able to make a sequel, but because of the elements that they're working with, they go, okay, this is what we have to work with, this is the best way that we can see it fitting in and also keeping the movie moving forward without really having to pause and explain every single detail or background story to each character. Like, even, like, with Sonic, like, the character Sonic from the video games and everything like that is like more complex than what we even see in the movies. Mm. But again, like the movies are 
not supposed to like it's just an adaptation it's not supposed to be following like the actual storylines of the video games and that's usually how i like will take it with these types of movies like even like like detective pikachu um (laughs) i don't know if you've seen that but like that movie did not follow the detective pikachu game as much as it like needed to which is great because that game is weird (laughs) (laughs) but but just so like it didn't i don't think it would have hurt to do it like in a more natural way but at the same time i think like for comedy's sake i think it worked it worked pretty good like just being like tails is a creepy fox who just knows (laughs) sonic (laughs) and he Apparently, it's based off a Japanese legend of a multi-tailed fox that can cast um, kind of like what he does in the movie. He casts holograms of himself. And then in the Japanese legend, this fox, who I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Japanese word for it. I don't watch nearly enough anime to be confident in that. But Is it a, is it a kitsune? Yes. Okay. Which okay. is from Naruto, is it not? Um, kind of, yeah. Like, so, like, I mean, like, Naruto, he has a fox inside of him called the nine-tailed, the nine-tailed fox. Oh. Um, the kitsune is a little bit different, but it's kind of, like, like they're kind of, like, connected, because, like, there's different types of kitsune, like, there's good ones, but a lot of the majority of the lore, they're, like, bad. <laughs> oh. um, and they're, like, trickster spirits, which is why, like, in J- in Japan they like repeat things twice and it's to trick the trickster spirit into like leaving them alone because like if they repeat it it like tricks the trickster spirit's mind and they go they know that i'm a trickster spirit i i can't talk to them right now oh that's cool see i just i didn't know that this was available to me i was watching sonic 2 through amazon prime so i guess plug for watching through prime and had like little trivia bits come up on the side when I was watching when I would pause because I have kids and while my husband works I watch the kids and I don't know if you've ever tried to watch a movie while taking care of kids but you pause it a lot yeah you you do not get through the whole movie without pausing it at least 10 times <laughs> oh minimum so as I was I actually ended up watching it on my phone because my daughter really really wanted to watch something else on the tv and I had to cook anyway so I was like okay I'll be in the kitchen cooking and on my phone it would pop up trivia facts and it was like Tails is based on this Japanese kitsune I think is what you said yeah yep and it was it's a light it's not completely based off of it but it's similar in that one of the things that the kutsune does is they can multiply themselves or make themselves appear that there are many of them and that inspired Tails' ability to create holograms of himself and that, that's technology. actually something I that's something I never knew that's really cool I'll yeah I to, like the trivia facts on yeah, there I'll, I'll, I'll need to watch it on Amazon Prime because I, I watched it on Paramount Plus that's where I watched it there you go. There's so many streaming services out there. There man. is, there is, and they both they both promote each other. Like I, I, I think I was watching it on Paramount. And it was like, hey, it's also on Amazon if you want to watch it over there. And I was like, well, I have both of you, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like you don't have to advertise to me. I got it. So I did want to ask about. I think his name is Agent Stone, and he is Robotnik's sidekick. Yes, yes. Is he in the video games and is he the did they do a pretty faithful adaptation of him from the video games? I don't remember and I actually I wrote that down as something I wanted to look up but I forgot to. <laughs> no but worries. I I'll need I, I'll need to like look back cuz like just as a like remembering like based on like the normal games that I played, I've always just remembered uh, Dr. Robotnik as being the main bad guy. And you just take him on multiple times as like either it's one of his robots that he's created that's the boss or he's the boss himself. Um, but he he does have some sidekicks or I would say like hired on hands, but the the twist is that they are also like characters in the Sonic world. They're not just like partners like him. There's like a <clears throat> just trying to think of the different games that I've played. There's like a reptilian group that he hires at some point and they 
all have different abilities too that are kind of similar to Knuckles and Sonic. And so that they kind of like, there's like a back and forth between them, but Sonic all like, that that's the one thing with Sonic is that eventually he does win them over and they all become friends at some point. So that's kind of like his secret ability is he is able to just become friends with everybody at some point. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I actually Googled really quickly about Agent Stone and it doesn't look like his exact characters from the games, but maybe you'll recognize this person Snivelly. Oh, yeah. Okay. That that makes sense. Like I can see that. It's like he's like just like an adaptation of the character. Yes. That um other people another person said maybe instead of Snivelly he's a com- they combined Orbot and Cubot that that could be it too because he is very the one thing with um yeah i would say it's the second the second names you said because of how like he's also very knowledgeable in the tech that is being used Mm -hmm. and he's also very like he he himself seems kind of robotic in a way where like he takes orders no matter what is is said by him so and I think really, be, that'd be a weird twist if you find out in the third movie he's actually like an android or something. That'd be really weird. <laughs> that would be really weird, but it would make sense because he has such unfaltering loyalty to Robotnik, and Robotnik yeah. doesn't really seem to care about him all that much or return the affection or the concern yeah. or anything like that. And so. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe Robotic put something in his brain or something, or he's just an extraordinarily codependent person who's in need of therapy. That that could be it too. <laughs> that 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 very well could be it. Because dear heavens, okay. So with Knuckles, how do they do on their adaptation of Knuckles from the video games? Does he start so, off as a villain in those as well so, in turn? Yes, yes. So he, is, like, in the video games, he starts out as a bad guy. He's not necessarily, like, being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not usually Dr. Robotnik that is controlling him, though, or, like, manipulating him. It's usually he because he is the keeper of the master emerald he's in charge of protecting it that's how he got his abilities in the first place to be able to punch things and and um like catch things with his with his hands is because the master emerald gifted it to him so that he could protect the master emerald and and so in the games any anybody doesn't matter if they're good or bad anybody who comes near the master emerald he will fight you off until he knows what your true intentions are. Okay, so in the game, um, this is another thing I got from a piece of trivia on Amazon Prime on my phone. I don't know if it would work on the TV, but on my phone it did it. But it said something about there there were video games, or at least one, multiple, where the objective is to collect the seven emeralds and combine them to become the Master Emerald, or to get the Master Emerald. Yes. Is that yes, the pl- every Sonic thing ever, or is that just in the most popular one? Pretty much every Sonic, the goal, the main goal is collect all the emeralds to make the Master Emerald. Sometimes, sometimes you, it's to get just the Master Emerald. Um, like in the beginning, it was just the Master Emerald, and we didn't know that it could split into these other ones because each one can do something different, and so. And then combining them together makes the Master Emerald, which is, like, the most powerful thing in the universe. So it's basically the Infinity Stones, and then then Master Emerald is the gauntlet? Ba- basically, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Everything has to do with stones and... <laughs> and powers. And, and ultimate power. <laughs> and so when Sonic becomes gold at the end, in the final battle scene, there is... Uh, Dr. Robotnik has the Master Emerald. He's created this giant, giant robot out of tanks and cars and a train that's going by using the Master Emerald. And he's controlling it and he's fighting against Sonic and Knuckles and Tails. And Sonic manages to get the Master Emerald. It breaks, but 
Tom and Maddie are there with him. Robotnik is about to crush them and they stay all together as a family. And then it reassembles or this looks like the, the gems go into Sonic. And my understanding of that scene was because they showed love and loyalty to each other or good intentions of using the Master Emerald. Is that something from the video games? Is that like a... Yeah, yeah. So the the um the chaos gems, they basically like they're they're kind like I guess you could say they're a little bit sentient in the fact that like they can tell they don't want to be used for bad things, but if someone gets a hold of them for bad, they have they don't really have control over that. But they can sense the good in people and so um in a lot of the games and in the movie that I, I would say that the movie kind of did this payoff really well. Like when I say that there was a bunch of adult males who stood up and screamed when it happened in the movie theater, <laughs> it, it happened. It was, it was the funniest thing. Cause I, I thought I, that I was going to be the only one who stood up and did it, but there was, there was a good handful of guys standing up and going, yes, they did it. <laughs> so, yeah. So basically like you could say like, because they felt Sonic's um, good character and they saw the love of like the people surrounding him, they basically chose him to be able to be a guardian of the Emerald as well and gave him a boost of power to stop um, Dr. Robotnik from destroying the world, pretty much. And then does he is does he gain the ability to become all gold and all powerful? Um, in every video game, or was that something that um, some? So, so usually he he has to have the chaos emerald in order to do it. Um, which I mean, like once you have them in the game, you can like it's not like they vanish and go away. Um, all he has to really do is like there has to just be like a moment of need where he needs them, and then he can like basically pull it out and turn into they. It's called supersonic in the games. Okay, like Super Saiyan, but for Sonic. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they look very similar. So, <laughs> I'm. It's so funny. I really don't watch that much anime. I have nothing against it. I just have not had a chance to watch as much. But I know so much because I have. I know so many people who watch anime. So I've never watched Dragon Ball Z. Really, it it's become life. <laughs> very cultural now. Like I would say, like if I back in the day if i were to have walked up to somebody and said hey i watched dragon ball z they would have said you're you're a nerd go away you're you're weird mm-hmm. <laughs> but now you tell somebody you watch it and they're like oh my gosh what's your favorite season what's your favorite episode and it's like you you watched it too <laughs> <laughs> being a nerd has become cool it's it's a cultural phenomenon now like every like if you're not a nerd you're weird <laughs> Right. My, I have a, a sibling who very much is never was and would not still categorize them as a nerd in any way, shape or form. And they finally broke down during phase four of Marvel and started watching all the Marvel movies because they're like, I just have to see what it's about. Like, it's been so many years. Oh, my God. All the other <laughs> siblings talk about it. I just so this poor sibling spent so long trying to catch up and she it's my sister. I said she already. Anyway, but they had to text and be like, what movie do I watch next? What's going on? Like, and I, I just thought to myself, if we can break this sibling down, the least nerdy of anybody I know, we can break any person in the society down to become a nerd. Pretty much, yeah. And even if they're not a big Marvel fan, there's people who, like, like I have a like one of my best friends. He doesn't watch a lot of Marvel movies, but when a DC movie comes out, he's like, I'm there. I... Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I'm actually excited for the, some of the new DC movies. And I haven't seen them all, but I did love Wonder Woman. I thought that was a fantastic movie. And I honestly, even though I consider myself a huge nerd from a very young age, I didn't watch Marvel movies until a really good friend of mine from high school was having a movie night party girls sleepover thing and her favorite movie at the time was thor the first thor movie so thor had been out long enough for it to be on dvd right yeah so i go over i had never seen any of the marvel movies up i mean there are only three or four out i think at that point but i hadn't seen any of them 
no idea what it was about. Nothing. I just knew I was going to a sleepover with the girls. And I show up and I watch Thor. And this is how little I knew of anything Marvel or movies. Uh, before we found out Loki is kind of evil and all that. I was like, I like his brother. His poor brother is in the shadow and everything. Like, he's that poor guy. <laughs> we should be so nice to him. <laughs> and I hope he does. I hope he gets a happy ending. Like, I was just... And that's my, like, obsession with particularly Loki in the Marvel movies began, but I'd say my favorite currently is Iron Man, but I that movie, because of just one, how betrayed I felt with Loki <laughs> and wanted to see <laughs> if he got a happy ending at all, ever, but they did such a fun, I thought it was so fun so even someone like me, who I consider myself a huge nerd, it took me a little while to get into Marvel, and I think Marvel has done a great job normalizing being a nerd not just a marvel nerd but a nerd in any sense i think if we didn't have the marvel and dc movies doing as well as they did being a nerd would still be a little more on the fringe of society oh, yeah, no. i think i think the superhero genre itself has really helped push forward a lot of people who kind of like hid their nerdiness and um yeah no i i agree i mean i i at, at this point like in my life i would say it's more stressful trying to keep up with all the marvel movies that are coming out than than anything because like i i've kept up since the beginning and there's days where it's like when like a new movie or show comes out i go oh my gosh i have to go see that now (laughs) yes they're calling it superhero fatigue is what i've been seeing online because there's just so much content now and i also want to credit marvel and dc i Maybe Sonic would have been made and it would have been exactly the same and just as good. But I really think that the popularity of those movies helped Sonic because because oh yeah. oh yeah, for sure. I watched it knowing that I didn't know the video games and I probably wouldn't have if I didn't also have the Marvel experience of knowing absolutely nothing about the comics or anything like that, and then watching the movies and enjoying them. And so Thank heavens, because I really like Sonic. And Sonic is like, it's not exactly a hero movie. I mean, it is, because but it's not the same formula that Marvel uses. So it's like a breath of fresh air. Oh, yeah. And that, that's kind of like um, where that fatigue comes in. Like you're like when a new movie comes out where it's like, oh, it's a character with powers. Is he a superhero? Like, what is this? And then um, you go and see it and it's, it's like he's a superhero, but it's not Marvel. It's not DC. It's not a comic book character. It's a completely different character who, like, if you haven't played the games, you don't know anything about them. At least, like, growing up, you've heard of Spider-Man and Wolverine and things like that. So, like, when you see them on screen, you kind of know some of their backstory already. And it's just kind of, like, rinse and repeat at that point. Mm-hmm. So, I really... I'm so happy, one, that you were able and willing to come on the podcast and answer all my weird questions about, <laughs> what's this <laughs> from the video game? What's this from the video game? I know there is something else I really wanted to, to talk about in the movie. I just need one second to think, because we went yeah. off on a branch, which is perfectly fine. It happens all the time. Okay, I just have to, in my head, <laughs> think back to so that. We were, we were talking about the the emerald the master emerald yes and there is a after that whole supersonic battle there is a like a mid credit scene that's what it was yes i was going to ask i don't want like huge spoilers for the third movie but did you recognize that from the video games oh oh yeah oh yes and Again, when when I tell you that there were grown men who stood up and screamed when they showed this person slash character on screen, it it was amazing just to see so many <laughs> grown men just stand up and like squeal that one of their favorite characters popped up on the screen. <laughs> I mean, he looks so cool. From what I can tell, just as someone again who knows nothing, it looks like they combined because he's blue and red, and the only blue and red. It, alien creatures i know are knuckles and sonic yeah so just without like giving too much away he he is really cool so he's actually black and red oh black and red okay i thought it was blue and he 
is called he's called shadow the hedgehog that's all yes. i will say they did call him project shadow yes which sounds so very is, ominous he is shadow the hedgehog and i'm sure they'll go into more details in the third movie when it comes out but he is so cool and he's also it's it's gonna be a tough battle for sonic because he is bad he's not a good guy <laughs> i am so excited so okay. it's gonna be interesting to see them kind of butt heads because they both have similar abilities so it was he looks like sonic but just different coloring so that is yeah yeah if you have questions about that i i know like so there like i don't know if you did a lot of research into the games but there's literally also like because of how popular he was they made a shadow the hedgehog game that followed shadow's story that is really cool it has been so fun to talk about the behind the scenes of sonic when i say behind the scenes really i mean the mythology that it's from the video game basis for it and so i wanted to ask you what makes a good movie adaptation and it's particularly what makes a good adaptation of a video game in your opinion yeah so my thought process has always been like i especially like when i was a teenager i was a very i was a stickler when it came to this these types of things so i was always like stick to the source material and you can never like disappoint a fan but as i've gotten older i appreciate the movies that like take the source material and kind of stick to it but then also aren't afraid of adventuring outside of it and bringing new ideas and twists to it that are like like welcoming and not like drastically changing the lore behind the characters or anything like that although some sometimes when it happens it's it's very it makes things very interesting um like i'm just trying to think off the top of my head here um so like currently there's a very popular video game that's being adapted on hbo max called the last of us Yes, my husband and his brothers watch it every Sunday. Yes, so my wife and I watch it every Sunday. I, um, I'm i not a PlayStation person, so unfortunately I have not played the games yet, but my brother has, and me and him talk about it every week because he, I, he's played the games and I haven't, so seeing it on screen, I get to like talk to him and ask him, like, hey, did that happen in the game? And... So, like, just with that adaptation, like, hearing his viewpoint and seeing how how much they're sticking to the game and, like, even, like, frame for frame, they are, they are following this game to a T, which is interesting to me. But they are taking some liberties to certain characters and, like, just one sentence that this character said in the game, they created this whole backstory. And that's, like, one of the, like, I think that episode was like the number one episode of a tv show and like last like a few weeks ago because everybody loved the fact that they took just this one sentence and basically created this whole background for this character and it worked like it was crazy to me so i think as long as you follow the source material but also aren't afraid of venturing outside of that and adding new details that might make the character more interesting i think that makes a good video game to movie adaptation what's your least favorite movie video game adaptation uh tomb raider (laughs) oh you know i have been wanting us to cover that one on the podcast i haven't watched it i have access to i haven't watched it because i've been in the back of my mind like i need to talk to taya about doing this for a podcast so maybe once Taya is back from her personal leave, we should do a podcast where we inv- it's both of us and you, and we can give our thoughts as knowing nothing. That and you can be, tell us yeah. why you hate it. <laughs> that would be awesome, yeah. So um, just, um, I haven't played all of the Tomb Raider games, but I have played enough to know that when the very first Tomb Raider movie came out, it was not, it was not about, the video game at all it was all about angelina jolie and putting her in an action movie that's it (laughs) at least that's what it felt like to me (laughs) which makes sense i mean angelina jolie her star power back then especially was skyrocketing yeah the the newer adaptation that came out i don't i don't remember it came out fairly recently within the last like five or six years i think that one 
was a lot closer to the actual plot of the games. So I liked that one a lot more, but it was still very like, eh, like it wasn't that great. It was a good try though. And I think from what I remember, I think Amazon's actually going to try to adapt it into a series now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's just so interesting to me that when you have source material, how difficult it can be to make a good movie adaptation right. of it when it's it's you you're right almost feeling it's, it's right there in front it's of right you. There. Like, <laughs> like um the the Halo TV series. Oh, I heard people complain about that. Oh, they they completely like verbatim went the opposite direction of what Halo's all about. <laughs> Yeah, I think my brothers-in-law stopped watching after a certain episode or something. They're like, nope, they went too far. I think it was someone to... You're not supposed to see this one character's face. This is how little I know of Halo. I watched a Halo movie with an ex, like, ages. This ex is from when I was a lot younger. I'm not going to reveal my age. But (laughs) (laughs) I watched a movie, I think. It was a movie based on Halo. It had the girl who played Susan and Narnia in it. And that oh, is the extent of any Halo knowledge. Well, that in uh, Red versus Blue, I used to watch. Yes, yeah. yes, I know what you're talking about. Though it was on, it was on like YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So that's the extent of my Halo knowledge. Red versus Blue gives you zero Halo knowledge, and on that Halo movie, because it was so long ago, <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> say when, but I was old enough to date. Um, I, I barely remember any. I just remember, oh, that's Susan from Narnia. So, but th- there's someone you're not supposed to see his face and they showed his face or something. Yeah, yeah, no. So the main character is, his name is Master Chief and you you never see his face ever. He never takes his helmet off. And even if he does take his helmet, it's like the Mandalorian. If he, yeah. if he's not supposed to take his helmet off and he never does and you never see his face even if he does take it off for like a split second you never see his face and it's because like it i think gaming like for the game wise it keeps the idea that you are master chief you're playing as him so he might look like you mm-hmm. but in the show i think it was like the first episode they took his helmet off and everybody was like oh my gosh no you you just messed up <laughs> everything you had one job you had one job and you just went the opposite direction of that job (laughs) so my thinking so my thinking armed with that knowledge is as long as you keep the base traits of the character like sonic as you said is someone very much like spider-man he is quick-witted he likes to taunt people as he fights against them and they kept the base of his personality the same even if they changed aspects and put him on earth surrounded by humans and they changed a bit of the backstory between him and tails and everything they because they stay true to the core of his character and they never changed the core they just said hey what if we take this character and put it in these circumstances instead that could happen let's see what happens whereas other adaptations it seems as though they want the fans of that content to come watch the movie but they wanted to tell a different story so they just don't pay attention to the core they don't don't yeah they don't and like even i think i remember hearing interviews of the people who created the halo tv series they they verbatim said nope we didn't play halo we didn't read any of the books we're just going based off of what we want for the story and it is completely ruined the experience for everybody but uh, one thing i did want to say that I think is how made the Sonic movie as successful as it is, is that the first movie wasn't trying to be a video game adaptation. It was just literally like, Hey, here's a video game character. You guys know him. You love him. He's in the real world now. And this is the types of stuff that he's going to have to deal with. The second one though. So that, that appealed to like the average audience viewer and mm-hmm. added the comedic elements and things like that, which drew in, young kids and adults who like funny things and the second one though i think the second one did a really good job of adding the video game elements because the second one did pull a few story elements from the games that i think drew in the video game audience and so that's how the second one also was able to be successful is that it drew in not just the returning 
people from the first movie but now you had these video game fans who heard like oh wait the master emeralds in this one knuckles is in this one there's like obstacles that sonic jumps over like he does in the games like that's that, that i love that let's go see it it definitely felt i could see the video game aspects of it throughout the movie of okay we have to go here and accomplish this task and we have to overcome this obstacle to do it and so yeah, on and so that forth. one the one scene with the temple it's like straight out of any sonic game like there's always a temple that you have to run through and usually there's like the golden rings you collect the golden rings as you're running through and then at the very end is the the emerald that you're trying to get that is so fun i wonder do you think for the third movie they're going because they are bringing shadow who is a really big part of the sonic world has his own game do you think they're going to even more dive into video game things now that they have us hooked I think so. I also heard, I don't know if it's still going, but they're making a Knuckles TV Paramount Plus show. Interesting. And I don't remember, I don't know if it's going to go into his backstory or if it's just going to be following him as he acclimates to Earth, but I'm here for it. I love, I love Knuckles. He was like one of the best parts of the movie. So. Oh, absolutely. It would not have been nearly as good a movie without Knuckles in it. He, absolutely helped make it yeah. and i just can't say enough i really loved jim carrey as dr I, mean, I really i really hope so uh, like he has said a lot recently that this was his last movie like that he's retiring Aww. and i i really hope that's not true because i like i'm hoping like he, he has said in interviews that if he if he is to act again it's gonna be for the third sonic movie and he wants to look the most at the most like as robotnik as the character looks in the games like he's like i want to be fat i want to be jolly i want to have the big thick mustache i want to be bald like one at all <laughs> well hopefully they do that because i cannot imagine anyone taking his place as dr robotnik now that's such a huge task yeah. especially when he's still alive still able and willing if they make a few concessions and i can see him maybe in a depression he you know, gets a bit rounder and <laughs> grows his mustache out even more and yeah, <laughs> becomes bigger and better than ever before in order be to defeat Sonic 3 because they definitely left it open that he's obviously still alive. Yeah, they, they couldn't find his body and... That always means they're going to come back every time. <laughs> yeah, if they're, that's like the rule of thumb. If you don't see a body, it, it could mean anything at that point. They, they're not dead. <laughs> absolutely so i can see him coming back and looking like dr robotnik from the video games i did know what dr robotnik looked like before this i probably from like the one time i maybe played it somewhere at some point as a child or whatnot but i did hear that jim carrey was a little disappointed that he didn't get to be as round as he is in the video yes, games. So I hope yeah. they acquiesce. <laughs> I hope they, they, they write that into the story and we get a more true adaptation of him. But he was so funny. Um, he, the, he's like great in everything that he acts in. So I oh, anything he touches turns to gold, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> he is fabulous. And I'm really glad that he came back and did Dr. Robotnik. Apparently he played the games and so he knew them. And that's why he wanted to be a more true likeliness of Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. And I think that's like what helped him too. Cause like, I think like he took that aspect. He's like, okay, I'm not Robotnik yet, but I become Robotnik. And that's actually something from the games too, is that they're the Dr. Robotnik used to be just a normal guy who was into science and technology and he's actually in the games, he's actually friends with Sonic and is helping Sonic become faster when there's an accident that alters his mind and he starts to only want things for himself and he sees Sonic as an enemy and wants him to use him for his powers. See, that's tragic. I'm kind of happy they didn't put that in the movies. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would have been a, a, like kind of depressing. Like your best friend goes evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see why they didn't put that aspect in the movies, because that is a little tragic. Oh, that makes my heart hurt. But that is also really fun. I can see that being a fun video game aspect. Okay, so it, 
Is Sonic your favorite video game to movie adaptation? Um, that is a good question. I will say yes, yes and no. It's it's my favorite adaptation based on like current things. Like I would say that this is probably the best video game adapt video game to movie adaptation that's come out ever. But for nostalgia purposes, <laughs> my my favorite one is the Mortal Kombat movie. The, okay. first, the first Mortal Kombat movie. When was that? released was so that, that 90s or 2000s yeah, that, that came out in the 90s i remember the first time i watched it i think i was like seven or eight and it was with my dad like it came out on tv and my dad was like hey son you have you played mortal kombat and i was like yeah and he's like there's this there's movies that like you haven't seen this yet but let's watch it and i just remember watching it and being in awe of how they turned that video game into like they gave it a story and they turned it into a movie that that actually worked <laughs> So that's another one I've been curious about. I've never played Mortal Kombat. Never watched the second one. The second one does not exist. It is not. We don't talk about it. (laughs) We don't. We don't talk about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It's just Mortal Kombat. the The newer one that came out recently, it was it was good. It wasn't like the best thing ever, but I think what they did with it is they actually like they gave it the video game thing like Sonic did, but then they also tried to add some story aspects and some stakes that were like, oh, that's interesting. And they also created a new character for the movie, so that way it felt like, okay, I'm I'm in his shoes. Like, I'm being dragged into Mortal Kombat. I know little to none, no martial arts, and I'm supposed to fight these guys that have powers? Like, this is crazy. (laughs) Oh, okay, so they did the thing, which is very common for movies uh, and TV shows to do, to introduce a world and make it easier on the audience. They have someone, usually the main character, who doesn't know anything, so people have to explain things to them. So you learn along the way. Exactly, yeah. And he he's not he's a character that's not from the game, so it's like it feels like you can step into his shoes really easy and understand everything that's being talked at to him. It's you're taking it in the same time he is. So your reaction is also his reaction. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Well, thank you again so, so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no, um, I, I had a lot of fun and I would I would definitely love to do this again sometime with any other video game to movie adaptations. There's plenty out there now. So just one more time, if you can remind people how and where they can find you on social media. Yep. Um, again, my name's Addison. I go by Hawaiian Blur on all my social media. Uh, you can find me. I live stream every Tuesday and Friday over on YouTube. Um, you can look up Hawaiian Blur and I should pop up. And then I also post on TikTok. I post different clips and things and uh, movie reactions, um, trailer reactions, things like that. Um, so Hawaiian Blur, that's where I'm at. And uh, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It's been good catching up and talking about things that we love, movies. And yeah. Absolutely. And just to plug our social media, you can find Taya and me and our company, Your Little Sisters Productions, on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, we are YLS underscore productions. I'm trying to be more active on all of them for our company page. As I said, I don't do social media myself personally very much. So it's been, it's sometimes I forget (laughs) that's a thing. (laughs) I, I do too, no worries. Sometimes I'll be like sitting there and I'll start streaming and I go, oh. I forgot to share that I'm streaming right now. I am Laura from Your Little Sisters Productions. And, and we... I am Addison Yadow from Hawaiian Blur Gaming. <laughs> and we want to say goodnight to everybody. And we will, well, we won't see you next episode, but you'll hear us next episode. <laughs> Bye.